Welcome to the Dharma Spring. Run through these words of Changsha's again. And as I put in the email, a continuation from last week, his his long statement about the true monk's eye and everything going out the 10 directions, the light, all of that stuff. Somebody steps forward and asks, <clears throat> what is the true monk's eye? Changsha said, so vast and wide that you can't leave it. And he also said, those who become Buddhas and ancestors can't leave it. The six realms of transmigration can't leave it. The monk said, I don't understand what it is that they can't leave. Changsha said, in the day, see the sun. In the night, see the stars. I don't understand. <laughs> the lofty mountains are colored green upon green. Changsha said. <laughs> So for me, this um, initial statement reply from Changsha presents that encouraging and baffling fundamental teaching of Zen and of um, certain, well, other Buddhisms certainly, but Zen in particular, you know, what is this true monk's eye? so vast and wide that you can't leave it. No matter what you do, you're not in it. You can't be beyond it. It's like that uh, you're already a Buddha. Your very life, this is it. Yeah. You, just as you are, have everything you need. Maz's, um, throughout all the ages of time, no being has ever fallen out of the deep meditation of the universe is one of those kind of phrases. I also thought about, or didn't think about, but <clears throat> what came to visit was Dogen's statement. If you don't find the truth, or if you can't find the truth, right where you are, where do you expect to find it? <laughs> and this monk seems to be right here in that place of, well, what is this? true monk's eye. Oh, you can't leave it. You're soaking in it. <laughs> Whenever this comes up, it, you know, the fact that we're immersed in it all the time, that we're fully in it. The old commercial, I think it was for Palmolive, comes up with Madge. <clears throat> and this commercial, you know, they're sitting there at the table, Madge and her friend, and Madge is singing the praises of Palmolive for washing the dishes. And, you know, talking about its benefits and everything and it's good for her hands i think it doesn't even dry out my hands and and the person's like wow but what is kind of like what is this palm olive and she says you're soaking in it right now because there's a bowl of palm olive on the table and the woman's hand is in it and she's like you've been soaking in it this whole time i've been telling you what's interesting to me is what an odd setup who puts palm olive or dish soap in a bowl on the kitchen table? <laughs> and the woman didn't seem to question that. Here, have a seat and put your hand in this bowl of uh, 
dish soap on my table and let's talk about things. Um, and maybe that's how it is for us. We're soaking in it all the time and we don't realize it, even though it might be an odd situation. <laughs> We're soaking in it and we don't question that so much, but we look to somebody who helps point things out, says things to us, always to turn it right back to us to say, you're in it right now, this is it, yeah. <laughs> so you're soaking in it all the time. And I appreciate that. <clears throat> Changsha adds, people, those who become Buddhas and ancestors, they can't leave it. So though you get understanding, awakening, enlightened experiences, you don't leave it. You don't, there's not something that you're getting beyond, that you move beyond. You're still soaking in it under those conditions. And when you go through the six realms of existence, the six realms of transmigration, the heavens down to all those hells, even in those experiences, under those circumstances, you aren't out of it. You can't leave it. That's part of it, yeah? It's contained within it. <clears throat> Thinking also, or what came to mind is going beyond to the other shore, crossing over to become a Buddha, yeah? Or to just move from one experience to the next. You don't cross over beyond it, <laughs> this, this true monk's eye, this experience, your life, this existence. So both sides of the shore are not beyond it. They're contained within it. We hear it enough. The teachings come across enough. I think in one way, I mean, enough, like so frequently and so often, so, so regularly in one way to kind of help us stop doubting it so much, kind of wear us down maybe. <laughs> it's like, no, here, I'm gonna say it again. I'm gonna say it again. But they also don't do that for the sake of just take it for granted, accept it as so and go on with your life. It's more of, breaking down those obstacles and barriers that maybe have us question it so much. So then we can be more intimately in touch with the looking at it and the tasting it and the exploring of our experiences to really investigate it, yeah. So at once it's like, yes, this is it. And don't take that for granted. So as I've been saying for a little while, I've taint, you know, instead of these teachings or truths of Buddhism or of Zen or anything like that, they're all propositions and theories that we should test out for ourselves. <laughs> Don't just take them as truths. Don't take them for granted. Don't think, oh, this is so. Really look into it. Even though your hand's in the bowl of dish soap, don't take it for granted that that's all. How did your hand get there? What is that dish soap? Look into it. Look into it. Take the dish soap out. Smell it. Don't taste it, though, unless you're so inclined. Yeah. I guess you could. Then wash your mouth out. <laughs> so these, this, these habits of doubting and dividing and separating ourselves from it, <clears throat> they run deep, yeah? 
I think about how, and, well, if you look at those doubts, like where, well, it comes up with this question from the monk, the next one, or the statement really, I don't understand what it is that they can't leave. There's like layers of separation happening in that question, I notice. Um, one is that, although Changsha first said it's so vast and wide, you can't leave it. And then he talks about the Buddhas and ancestors can't leave it. And people, you know, the, going through the, the cycles of transmigration, you can't leave it. The monk says, I don't understand what it is that they can't leave. So right there, he excluded himself. It's like, okay, I'll accept that they can't leave it, but what is it that they can't leave? And, and he forgot about me too, him, himself. So he separated himself from it, right? From the not leaving it. So there's one habit of mind to notice how we do that, how I can you know, cast myself out of my own experience when I see things happening for others and maybe not for me wondering, well, what is it that they're doing that maybe I can figure out and then do? When Changsha is saying, I'm right in the midst of it too. Yeah. Then the other <clears throat> separation habit activity is trying to understand what it is. Thinking if, well, if I can understand what it is, then maybe I can get to it, <laughs> embody it. Although Changsha said, you can never leave it. But when I'm looking for an it and create an it, I'm also creating a not it. Yeah? I'm dividing it, making it possible to either be with it or not be it because I need to know what it is. But Changsha is kind of wanting to set that down. You can't leave it. You can't find the edge of it. You can't know you're in the midst of it <laughs> in the usual ways. If you identify an it, again, even if you're in the middle of, ah, this is it, at some level, there's a possibility of not it there that you can fall out of, right? So these habits of separation and of exile, really, exiling ourselves from our own experience, from being fully immersed in it. And what's interesting is <clears throat> when things are under like positive, wonderful conditions, more often than not, I think I can say with some amount of uh, accuracy based on my own experience and listening to many others, when things are going well, we're not really questioning whether we're in it or not. We're not necessarily going, yay, I'm in it but we're not doubting anything. We're just, ah, enjoying, enjoying. But it's when we have more difficult circumstances, we feel disconnected from that other place of pleasantry and goodness and all of that. Not pleasantry, pleasantness, goodness and all of that. You know, when we're not in that place, when things seem amiss, disconnected, and we've gone awry, then we're questioning what happened. I was in it just a short time ago. What am I doing wrong? Right? Well, all of that is in, in the realm of it. You, can, you cannot leave it. So 
your your awakening moments, your disappointing moments, your feeling lost, disconnected, and um, have no idea what's going on and what happened to your life and your practice that was going so well. That's it too. Your doubts, your fears, your joys, your sorrows, your monotonous stretches of uh, whatever's happening, I don't know. All of that, you haven't left it. You can't leave it. And what is it? Ah. <laughs> I don't know, we should worry about that too much. But we can, we do. And our worrying about it and our questioning it and this monk's not understanding, our not understanding, well, that's within it too. So just look at that, look into those, yeah. Which is the advice that Changsha gives next. But before that, another visitor that came during my meditation was Hakuin. When he's talking about, we cycle through heavens and hells because we keep setting out on the dark roads of ignorance. Dark road after dark road, when will we be free from birth and death? From the perspective of there's an it and a not it, <laughs> can be in it and cannot be in it from those separation perspectives, that last question becomes like, oh God, when will I be free from birth and death? But you can also experience that question as rhetorical. <laughs> you know, when will we be free from birth and death? When will we be? When will we be out of it, beyond it? Right? Maybe he's really saying, can you really stop going through this cycling of heavens and hells? And in the light of what Chang Sha brings, this um the the naming of heavens and hells is kind of an itting of our experiences. But maybe it transforms to just, we cycle through experience after experience. And then we notice sometimes we set out on dark roads of ignorance. Sometimes we're out in bright roads of awakening and we're still cycling through experience after experience, noticing how they feel, some great, some not so great, some blase, but we no longer have to attach so deeply, if we do, to these heavens and hell aspects and divide them and try to reach for one versus the other. It's that as we go through all six of these realms, these heavens and hells, these experiences, Changsha says, those experiences can't leave it. Yeah. So something transforms there. And it has nothing to do with not going through the experiences we always go through. Something different is happening. That's worth investigating, I believe. Looking into. <laughs> deeply. Exploring and wondering. Look at your own labeling of heavens and hells and exiling yourself. But all the stuff that you do, that's our practice. That's our way. And that's, again, the advice when the monk says, I don't understand what it is that they can't leave. He simply says, in the day, see the sun. In the night, see the stars. 
And I have, as often is the case, I'm finding lately, two levels of what he's saying here coming forth from me. And there may be more, but it tends to be they come in pairs. He's speaking on two levels of experiences. One is, you know, in the day, see the sun. In the night, see the stars. Kind of saying, wherever you are, just this. Look into just this that's happening. And in the day, just this involves the sun. Yeah. And in the night, it's the stars. And sometimes the moon. But in the nighttime, don't try looking for the sun. And in the daytime, don't try looking for all of those stars. You've got that one bright star shining. Look at that. Don't try to mix them up. Just wherever you are, look into this. Look into this. But I also heard it as, you know, see the sun, see the stars as consult them. Go see them and consult them and see what they say. See what they think. <laughs> that sun being like that light he spoke of last week. Um, shining throughout the 10 directions, the way the sun doesn't care what's happening down below, it always shines upon it. It doesn't withhold its light. Clouds may block the light, but it, the sun shines upon those clouds. Yeah. And it shines upon rocks and water, things that cannot make grow, but it also shines upon trees and things that receive its light and grow. The sun doesn't choose where to shine yeah so what's the sun having to say here if we consult it listen to its advice how about all those stars huh. it's interesting to consult the stars not astrologically but we can do that too <laughs> but just to look at them and wonder and see what they're saying knowing that and this is the thing that still baffles me the light we're seeing is a dead star it's already gone and yet the light is still shining <laughs> still shining brightly and twinkling there upon us and also that experience of at once insignificance and wholly significant and vast that i have when i gaze upon the deep night stars those fields of stars what are they saying to me Consult those stars, the sun star, the vast sparkling stars, and the moon, I'd like to include it. Moving throughout the sky, changing its shape, round to crescent, to wedge, you know, all those things. Consult the moon too. See it, because it's here, when it's here, and consult it, see what it has to say, what it has to offer. Maybe the monks, I've done that. I see it, I get what you're saying and I still don't understand. So Changsha's final statement, final advice, kind of, he doesn't really give any direction. He just says something plain, um, nothing to do here. He just says, the lofty mountains are colored green upon green. seems that he's offering his own experience of seeing and experiencing 
looking at these lofty mountains. They are colored green upon green. That connected with something, a couple of somethings personal for me. Um, it's good to be living in a place with lots of mountains around and to have grown up here, to have seen and consulted these mountains <laughs> for many years. The first image that came to mind was uh, from when my mom lived up in Idaho Springs and it was always leaving after visiting her, coming down I-70 or Highway 6 sometimes, I'm thinking mostly I-70, where there's just these, these pine forests that are so dense, tree upon tree, that there's just this blanket of trees there, yet each individual tree stands out so vividly, one among the other green upon green. Though they're the same color, they were distinctively each their own. And they're so dense, there's no ground to see beneath them or behind them. It's just green upon green. And it was, I mean, it's just that seeing that every time just kind of made me smile and touched my heart. And I don't know why, and I don't have to know why. I don't have to know the it of that, yeah? It's just seeing that, experiencing that each individual tree becoming a collective blanket of green, green upon green. I don't know much more to say about it than that, yeah? Than that. <laughs> the other experience having also to do with mountains and their trees is being here in Colorado Springs, um, growing up, living in a place where we're in the, the foothills and kind of the flatlands and the mountains rise right next to us. And for most of the day, <clears throat> they just seem like a flat stretch of mountains. You just look, I just look, and they just seem pretty much, boom, here's these mountains, kind of this solid entity existing right there. But every day at a certain time, the light gets to be at a certain angle. I called it the magic time. And I've heard recently people calling it the golden hour. And it's when it's in the evening time, late afternoon, early evening, when that light angle, angle of light hits the mountains and suddenly you see how many ridges there are, ridge upon ridge, and how these aren't just flat, solid mountains sitting here, they stretch out vastly and endlessly and have so much character. It's like all those individual trees that were standing in that blanket of green, except it was individual hills, individual mountains, all making up the one vast mountain, right? So when Changsha says, you know, these lofty mountains are colored green upon green, those are the, the images that came to mind for me. And when I really look at that experience, as I was doing my meditation, I realize at the same time that I'm seeing these individual ridges and individual trees, I'm also seeing the blanket, the full connectedness of them or the solidity of the mountain range, all is, you know, one vast mountain range and all individual um, 
ridges, both at once. Yeah. And that's interesting to notice. That I don't have to choose one or the other. Are these all individual trees making up the mountains? Yes. Individual ridges making up the mountains? Yes. Individual experiences making up my life? Yes. And is it one vast experience that's all connected as one spreading out there like the solidity of a mountain range in the distance? Yes. Doesn't feel so distant though. <laughs> Connecting with it that way. And the overall move that I hear Changsha inviting and offering is not to try to parse it out and think about it and identify things so much as just experience it deeply. Look into this right here. Consult this, what's happening in your very own life. And not only for what it, the message it can give you, give me, but also just for the sake of appreciating it, the details, the way that things stand out among one another and stand together with one another, these experiences. My life colored green upon green. Sometimes a pleasing green, sometimes maybe it's puke green <laughs> or, or baby poop green. Still green upon green, it's my life. All one vast, solid, yet flowing entity in existence. I'm never out of it. I can't leave it. Might as well look at it, explore it, listen to it, and appreciate in appropriate measure. Not appreciate with a spin of, yay! Because sometimes I can appreciate the pain of things, yeah? That strange appreciation of, ah, oh, man, this is difficult. And somehow, you know, that's looking at the individual, the, the individual ridges and the indi individual trees. This is difficult. Yet the blanket of connection beneath it says, and this is what it is to be alive. This is existence. This is not out of it. It's not beyond it. This difficult experience or this wonderful experience. Yeah. So something like that is coming up for me here with Changsha. Look into this. Don't try to figure out exactly what it is. You are it. It is you. Look into this here deeply. Consult it. And go even more deeply than that. Then you might find it's consulting you. And what do you say? Yeah. What do you find coming forth from within your own being in response to seeing that sun and seeing those stars and noticing the green upon green of the lofty mountains that are your life? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening. For more about Andrew Palmer and his teachings, please visit bowandroar.com and look for him on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.